Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. And Brad, I need you actually to educate me because I've heard rumblings of this, but I haven't gotten really too deep into the story of Max Landis. Who is Max Landis and why should we care right now? Well, okay, Max Landis, we can talk about like his pedigree in terms of, you know, his his Hollywood career, but he uh you would probably know uh some of the things that he's been involved in creating and that is I would think most notably the Dirk Gently's holistic uh, detective agency show is that what it's called detective agency yeah yeah um there's a film called bright um he also did a film called mr right and bright Amer- he's on or at least was announced to do the screenplay for an american werewolf in london that's being brought back so he certainly has he's got a long track yeah. record in hollywood but the reason everybody's talking about him is because the daily beast uh, did this expose where eight women have accused him, and this was released yesterday. Eight women have accused him of emotional and sexual abuse. And it's very thorough. Um, and I will say, I haven't gotten all the way through because it's long. It is literally these women's accounts of every bit of emotional and sexual abuse that they claim Max Landis is responsible wow. for. Now, this is not the first time that we've heard of this abuse um, or heard rumblings people have taken to social media in the last couple years to perhaps indicate that there is not there are some distasteful things uh, going on or that he is not a very nice person but this is the first like thorough account and it's very fascinating because I think, and I use the word fascinating in a way, it's sad, right? Because there are victims. Right. Depressing, certainly. The fascinating thing for me is that they paint a picture not just of a person who is sexually assaulting women. We have a lot of examples of right. that in our society. Unfortunately. But also the emotional, psychological abuse slash control that this person engaged in or is alleged to have engaged in. The picture they paint, these women again... I mean, you'd have to believe that they've all coordinated their stories, mm-hmm. but they tell very similar stories. And it's just it's it's hard to believe that we're only now learning about this because it has gone on for so long. And he had and in part it was able to go on because there, he had created such a culture of distrust, fear, fear, uh-huh. shame retribution revenge so often when we hear about these types of stories and we hear about the person sort of at the center in this case max landis there's um similarities or there's uh, you know a common i i don't want to say move but there's a common sort of methodology or method that they use to control women what is his you know is there one of those i guess present for him and what does it look like well i can just i can give you some like generic things that these women have said um or i I should say just broad 
yeah. descriptions of, of this kind of behavior. Um, for example, one of the women said, quote, he trusted that we would never say anything. He worked actively to discredit people who were saying things and was just as consistent in the abuse as he was in covering it up and manipulating us and the people around afterwards. Um, she, one woman said, quote, I didn't realize that I'd been raped consistently and deliberately by this man for two years until today when I'm writing this down. And when you read wow. her account, I guarantee you, you would say this is rape. This is sexual assault. This is not, you know, a uh, consensual relationship. It's vile stuff. Like I could I could tell you details, but uh, do I want to know? Well, I mean, like he in one particular case, he told this woman that he was turned on by seeing her cry. Uh And so the only way they would have a sexual relationship is that he would berate her to the point that she would be in tears and then they would have sex. And then, you know, the, the sort of like emotional manipulation that would come after that. It's just, that's evil. Yeah. I mean, and there's a lot more of just like, you know, there's one account of him actually being walked in on sexually assaulting another woman. And I mean, it, it's it's kind of all over the place. Again, those salacious things, those are not shocking, sadly, because we've read accounts of this kind of thing over right. and over again when a person is in control. The thing that I kept sort of uh, looming over was uh, or looking at thinking about is how he created this friend group. And in fact, at one point, I think he refers to this group as the color society or something to that effect. Uh color anyway he had like a name so like a lot of people compared it to a cult yeah where he would sort of create like friends who were on the inside and you wanted to be on the inside right because that looked like the elite group and if you didn't act accordingly then you would not be invited to certain things and so people you know would feel like they were no longer on the inside and so people would vie to stay you know what i mean it's it's that very controlling behavior beyond just the vile you know sexual assault it's that control of of i am worthy and he would use other people he would use his family connections which holly can tell us about i mean it's it's not just this guy was secretly you know raping women here's what i find this is you know you could say why do you read through something like this because it's like so i mean it's gruesome and violent and awful and it really happened to a bunch of people um like what is the point of reading through all of that isn't it enough to just know well the reason why i think it's important for people to read the details yeah is because i think it does help you understand if you have ever said to yourself why would she not why would that woman not have reported the rape when you read it in their own words, in in this woman, in this particular story, this one, this one woman's view, the one that you just talked about, who said, "I didn't even realize mm-hmm. that I had been raped over the course of two years, consistently until I'm writing it right here," you start to realize that there's a there's a psychological game to it mm-hmm. that helps that helps the the perpetrator be able to continue to perpetrate. Mm-hmm. And the victim has now sort of had to talk their way out of or talk their way around understanding what's actually happening. You start to see it that way. You start to understand better how that happens, that it's not as easy or cut and dried as 
like a man grabs you and takes you into a dark yeah. corner and sexually assaults it's you. It's not like that. This is like a psychological manipulation that has occurred over a period of time. And that's like, I mean, that's trauma. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. 100%. In another case, um, this woman described how uh, just uh, typical things that would happen during the relationship. He would bring up his hand and fake that he was going to hit me and then laugh when I flinched. He consistently threatened to break up with me, speak about his prospects to me and openly flirt in front of me. On multiple occasions, he'd refer to me as his ex in front of girls at parties we'd go to, to together as a couple. He'd openly critique my body in front of people and tell me privately that I had the potential to be so hot if I had committed to working out more. He'd graphically describe sex with his exes, rate their abilities compared to mine. Um, and that that's just like, so clearly this was a person who was felt privileged to just, and another person said that he doesn't really see women as people. They are only just a, something to be achieved or conquered or encountered or Oh, gosh. Yeah. Holly, you had mentioned before the show a little bit about his his lineage. Can you talk a little bit about Max Landis, where he comes from? Yeah. So Max Landis is the son of Hollywood director John Landis. And John Landis, he directed the Thriller music video for Michael Jackson. He directed Coming to America, American Werewolf in London. That's why Max is doing the remake, because Mm. his dad directed the original one. But he also directed a portion of the Twilight Zone movie that was released in 1982. And I bring this up because there was an accident on the set of that movie where three people died in a very violent manner. And there was a huge trial around this. And John Landis eventually got his career back, kind of. But there are just, I don't, there. there's a very long history behind that trial. And if you want to look up the Twilight Zone accident, yeah. look it up. But the trial went on for years and people were calling John Landis out for his behavior on the set of the Twilight Zone movie, the way that he handled it and also well, the aftermath of that. What's yeah. interesting about that, too, is that I think it's very clear he used his position and his family's position in Hollywood as a way to attract all of these people. Oh, totally. And to, you know, gain a level of prestige that, you know, he could then lord over other people and use against them. Wow. Well, I know that we'll be continuing to, I'm going to actually read this article uh, a little bit later today when I have some time, because it does, it is, as you said, a very long piece. I will say he's been dropped by his manager. So that was the, the news consequences, today. The consequences are such that things are going to start happening, I think, because of, you know, his work with Netflix and other, um, uh, and other projects. Yeah. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, I have it on good authority that we will be enjoying a, and uh, you know, it's Wednesday, but that doesn't mean we're not going to have a cheat day. Dirty, rotten cheetah. Cheat day taste test. Stick this in your mouth. We have a very special cheat day today, Colleen, from our good friends at the Nordic Waffle uh, State Fair experience. I'm so excited. So, uh, what do we have in front of us, Bradley? Two Nordic waffles. These are their two new offerings. So, new State Fair foods were announced yesterday. We have two selections from Nordic waffles, and I will tell you, I didn't because I think they were were they new year new last year. Or I year don't before anyway. They're relatively new to the State Fair. Um, they're over in that new section. What's it called? West uh, End? The West End, I believe. Yeah. And, um, or West something. Anyway. Um, Market or something? Yes. They're over in that area. And I tried last year to go, but the line was like around the block. I Which mean, it was tells a big, you something, long line. right? So these are uh, 
waffles. And the two new um, selections or flavors for this year, one is called Pebbles and Bam Bam, mm-hmm. and one is called Tacos El Pastor, I think. Yes. Right? Yep. And so one is basically uh, Tacos El Pastor, which is spicy meat. Um, is it chorizo? I don't know. Do you have the info in front of you? I can get it. Um, but spicy meat. It's a savory option, and then the Pebbles and Bam Bam is the dessert option. That one has some delicious Reese's Peanut Butter Cup pieces, some fruity pebbles, and um, I'll pull up the details to make sure I'm not missing anything. Well, the good news is uh, we do have, okay, so we do have them both in front of us, and we are going to get the opportunity to try them. I think I would appreciate trying the savory one first. Okay. So that's going to be my, as Holly's already into it. Holly's taking a bite. Okay, I'm going to take a bite while you you talk about it. Which one are you in, Holly? I'm in the savory waffle. So the one with the chorizo, and it's quite delightful. This There's a sweet and savory sensation to this chorizo waffle. Okay, And the awesome. waffle's nice and fluffy. Um, nice and fluffy. You're enjoying it? Mm-hmm. Oh, that is really good. Well, okay, what does really good mean? Give me it's some details. It's just like what Holly said. You get the sweetness of the waffle wrapped around, like, the spice of the chorizo. It t- I... I know I said this yesterday. It tastes like the state fair. Like, I can see myself outside in the sunshine, wandering around, eating this, and feeling like I've just eaten something kind of fresh that I would totally share with somebody else. It's just enough. It's not too rich. It's not too heavy. But the sweetness of the waffle is so nice. The waffle, it's... uh called Waffle El Pastor. It's made with Mexican-style marinated pork, pineapple, onion, cilantro, and salsa verde. Okay, so I'm going to try oh, that one. so good. Talk yeah. again about the waffle part of it. The waffle. Well, and it's something that I don't think going to the state for- fair that I would normally get for myself. I wouldn't probably be like, boy, I want a waffle with meat in it. Right. But no, it, it would never occur to me. No. But, but I'm going to tell you, I think meat you waffle. should get the meat waffle because... <laughs> Like, mm. that is great. I might just start wrapping waffles around my, my meat at home. Okay. What? Don't say wrap. It's good, though. Waffles okay, can we try this? I, the one that I've been eyeing is this Pebbles and Bam Bam. I'm going to put it in my mouth. You are? The Pebbles and Bam Bam? Okay, so the Pebbles and Bam Bam has uh, your traditional Reese's peanut butter cup, and it's uh, enhanced with fruity pebbles. Uh, and it looks like something I would want would want to eat for sure. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms and you can also find it on uappodcast.com i'm bradley trainer and i'm don mcclain we have a podcast called blinded by the item a blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out it's a guessing game and you can play along the item might be like this a-list star carries a birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. So weird because when I first saw this, I was like, that's too much. But now? That is just over the top. It's oddly, it's not. 
I like the fruity. I didn't know if I would like the fruity and the chocolate, but I kind of like it all together. Now, the one thing I will tell you is we're trying this maybe a little room tempy. Mm-hmm. When you get it, it's going to have warm Reese's. Like everything is just going to be warm and gooey ooey. Okay. It's kind of good, right? Mm-hmm. It's super sweet. It is. And I bet for people who don't like sweet, super sweet stuff, this might not be your favorite. But it's shareable. I mean, this is a fully shareable experience and probably you know should what be I want? shared. What? I want a big scoop of vanilla ice cream. On I was going to say, like, yeah, whipped cream to dip it in or something. Yeah. But I want to get rid of the Reese's inside. I don't. Why? I here's, just feel like it's yabba dabba meh. Okay, here's. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Thing. Yeah. That was cute. Mm-hmm. I will say the thing that surprised me is I did not expect the Fruity Pebbles to have so much crunch when they're in the waffle around all that gooey yumminess. But they're crunchy, and that's delightful. That's a nice little surprise. All right, quickly, what do we think on a scale of one to five Cobras? Four Cobras on both of them for me. I'm going to say, uh, I'll say four. Pals? Four for the savory, three for the sweet. Okay. Mm-hmm. 3.5 for Holly Roberts. Mm-hmm. All right, when we come back, we've got celebrities behaving badly. D-bags after this on My Talk 107.1. Thank you. That was really smart. Yeah. Thanks. What do we call him? Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Who do you got? Uh, Your mom. No, I. I'm yesterday. My D bag. Do you remember who it was? Uh, Rob Kardashian? Yes. I feel like we're playing a, a game this week because we started with Bill Cosby and then we had another Bill Cosby and then we had a Rob Kardashian and today another Rob Kardashian. Look at that. He is my D-bag. Why? Why? Well, after the show yesterday, I noticed a tweet of his. Now, I feel like Rob doesn't tweet a lot. No, hardly ever. And so can you please open this tweet? Okay. Robert Kardashian tweeted the following. The words say, had to post my daily mood again. I love this. Couples goals. <gasps> and then there's a video attached. So he's implying that his mood and couple goals relate to the video he posts. Well, the video, Holly, I should have asked. You probably can't play this on the fly. It's just a 20-second clip of an old Doris Day movie. With Cary Grant. And, um... I would love to hear it. Well, yeah. Because as I I'm just you, watching... There's there won't no be any swears. swears. No. It's a Doris Day It's Doris Day Hudson, man. Oh, Rock like, Hudson. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Did I say Cary yeah, Grant? Yeah. No. Closet case Rock Hudson. All right. Here's the clip. Oh, my darling. Oh, my darling. Are you having another nightmare? Uh, no. Oh, I, 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 Somebody... Somebody hit me. Oh, oh, it's all right, darling. I'm here now. Interesting. Okay, so, and I think that's from Pillow Talk, right? I think so. Yeah, it's, so, what happens is, Doris Day walks up to a sleeping Rock Hudson, slaps him in the face, and then you hear what ensues. Mm -hmm. He's like, I think somebody slapped me. She's like, oh, you poor thing. Interesting. So, again, that video was attached to the words... Had to post my daily mood again. Okay, so your mood is slapping someone? Wait, is he the slapper or the slappy? Good question. And then he goes on to say, I love this. Couple goals, heart emojis, crying, laughing. Okay, your couple goals are to walk up to your partner and slap them? 
Or which is this a commentary on his former relationship with Black China? Well, what do you mean? Meaning, like he's the sleeping baby. He's the sleeping man. And he gets slapped by Black China, who then pretends like she didn't actually slap him. Yeah, but in but in any case, I don't get it. Again, you're saying couple goals. I want to be in a couple like this. Okay, do you remember why this is awkward? Because hasn't he been accused of slapping someone? And I think it was a woman he was dating. Oh, I don't even remember that. So Rob, I'm going to type in Rob Kardashian slap. Uh, because I'm like, what about domestic violence? Is, is couple goals yeah. for you? Interesting. Adrian Balon. Oh, ba- yeah. Ba- Balon. Or ba- it's Balon. Yes. B-A-I-L-O-N. Anyway, um, sh- apparently it says Rob Kardashian caught sleeping or slapping X is fake news, blah, blah, blah. Oh. I don't know. Anyway, regardless, I'm just here to say, Rob Kardashian, I don't know that you want the world to be thinking that your couple goals included slapping people upside the head. I feel like he needs to get Britney Spears people on his tweets just, you know, to check and make sure they're actually giving the message that he's trying to give. Yeah. You know what I mean? He needs somebody to control his tweets. It's the bottom line. I'm trying to say, try to say it cleverly. Didn't work. It's fine. Leave me alone. Rob Kardashian. Do you want to know who my D-bag is? Yes. O.J. Simpson. Oh. Why is O.J. Simpson in the news? This is so crazy. Tell me. So you know he's tweeting now, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. that was the big news. That was the headline the other day. Um, Holly feels good about that. Uh, he's tweeting now, and apparently he DM'd uh, a fake O.J. account that's called... Uh, at Killer OJ Simpson. Okay. He found that account and DM'd them uh, the following message <clears throat> a string of 16 knife emojis and the warning, I will find your ass and cut you. Okay. Okay. Is, how does everybody feel very, about that? I don't know that I really want OJ coming at me with knives, to be quite honest with oh. you. Yeah, and so let's also let's talk about there's layers to this, right? So first of all, the fact that OJ Simpson is threatening the fake account that is calling him out for probably being the murderer of his wife and his wife's friend. Uh and the way he's going to come at them is with knives and a threat. Yeah, I don't know that that's the best use not, of his time. Not it a good plan. Like, so they posted this, right? Yeah, so then that fake account, Killer O.J. Simpson, uh, sent out a tweet with the DM that said, um, yeah, at the real O.J. 32, just sent this scary arse DM treating me to delete, treating me, treating me to delete my parody account. Watch the video. Uh, and then you can see the tweet that was or the DM that was sent. Again, sixteen knives. Didn't we just talk about him again? Because some... he showed up on Twitter. Oh, yeah. So he's already off to a great start. Yeah, Good this news. is like within the first week of his Twitter account, he has sent this threatening uh, notice to a parody account of him. I will find your and cut you. Okay. Nice. Awesome. This is not someone I want in my DMs. Not at all. No. I don't. And then I get, you know, I you've seen videos of 
like people who see OJ out in public mm-hmm. who want pictures with him and like want him oh, to yeah. sign autographs. No, I mean, and, he's a celebrity. And it's just like the people who want, you know, Bill Cosby. I do not understand this behavior. Like, I would not want to be anywhere near him. I would be far away. Oh, yeah. With sure. an eagle eye on him at all times. No, thanks. Oh, um, I wanted to clarify that movie we referenced with uh, Rock Hudson and Doris Day is Send Me No Flowers. Our good friend and listener, Laura, wanted to let us know it's not Pillow Talk. What, see, I need to understand that his entire tweet better. Because I don't oh, Rob Kardashian. Yeah. No, again, he is a hot mess. Yeah. And I don't think he needs to be tweeting that couple goals involve domestic violence. Agreed. Agreed. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, you know who our real daybag should have been today? Who? Marie Kondo, because she's a thief. Oh. oh. Actually, in a strange turn Marie of events. Marie Kondo is a thief? She is apparently a thief, according to somebody. And in a strange turn of events, you're going to be... Mm, you're going to be interested to know that I'm actually going to defend Marie Kondo oh, in this endeavor. that I find shocking. Exactly. We'll tell you what she thieved after this on My Talk 107. Marie Kondo is a thief, and I'm going to tell you what she stole in just a second. But for those of you who are uninitiated, uh, who is Marie Kondo? She's a Japanese woman. Mm-hmm. And she organizes stuff within an inch of its life. Yep. So she's the um, the creator of the KonMari method of home organization, the joy of tidying up. She had a book and then it turned into a TV series where she goes into people's homes. In a half hour, you see the process that takes over a month. And she tells them little by little how to declutter each area of their home so that they can live a simpler life or not having it. I'm not having it. I never have been having it. I think it's unrealistic. I think it's kind of ridiculous. Um, I know that it has worked for people. Congratulations. Talk to me in three years. Anyway, the other thing that I hated on her for was the fact that she's writing a children's book. And I thought about sparking joy, which is interesting because children invented sparking joy. So I just don't know that there's a lot to be learned there. But the reason why you guys are going to be surprised that I'm actually defending her is because she is a thief, but the thing she stole is not really something that she stole. So this uh, this declutterer, this organizer, uh, who apparently has been organizing homes for a very long time, she calls herself the Beverly Hills Organizer, um, she says that Marie Kondo stole her technique for folding. What?! So this woman says that Marie Kondo stole her story or stole her technique. What does she base that on? Okay, so this uh, the the Beverly Hills organizer, as she goes by Linda Cooper Smith, she has been using the upright folding technique for the majority of her 30 year career. And Marie Kondo has just come onto the scene and stolen it and acted like it was her own. The upright folding technique is something that you learn when you watch one of uh, the Marie Kondo shows on Netflix, Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. What it is essentially is a method of folding where you only, and frankly, I mean, I've got about six reasons why I think this won't work, but you fold everything upright so you can see what it is. So rather than stacking things one on top of another, you roll them just so and and set them side by side in the drawer Mm -hmm. so that you can see everything that's in your drawer. I mean, it's logical. It makes sense if it works. I would argue that then you have to have like an even like the just the right amount of everything in order for it to work in the drawer. Whatever. Nobody asked me. 
Trust me. But apparently nobody asked Linda Coopersmith either because she has a number of YouTube videos of of her using that organizational method. And she says Marie Kondo shamelessly stole it and acted like it was hers. Here is an exact quote from Linda Coopersmith, the Beverly Hills organizer, Mm -hmm. who, by the way, has clients that include uh, Serena Williams, Chloe Kardashian, Jennifer Lopez, Orlando Bloom, Sofia Vergara, Derek Jeter. Because her weird... Organization habits are so, so uh, extra. Okay, go on. This is what she says I am a pioneer of the organizing business. I started in 1989. I invented that upright folding method when my daughter was three to organize her drawers so she could see everything. I've shown how the folded item should stand up on its own for many, many years. Despite this, it has been claimed that Marie is the creator of the upright fold. Nobody has asked her, how did you come up with this? When I first saw Marie demonstrate my fold on TV as her own, it was upsetting. It felt like someone had stolen my baby. Okay, so... Overreact much? I know you're very... Linda? You're, you have an opinion Can on this tell? particular story. But, you know, I was just listening to this wonderful podcast about... Um, where things come from and mm-hmm. like how the derivative things, uh, how stuff like this can happen. It's very interesting. So like, you, do you remember that song, Baby Shark? How could you forget I it? I don't, can you not baby sing it? Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Baby Shark, baby shark, baby shark. Do you know where it comes from? Hell? There's a whole long, fascinating story about the journey of this song into its current formation, which has been co-opted by uh, an outfit from, I think, South Korea, who has essentially just made oodles of cash off of this song, which another guy sort of made famous. Similar to this, and he realizes that the cat is out of the bag at this point. Like, he has... He can't get that thing back. It's hard to get it back, but he has actually sued uh, because, long story short, he can, and there's a way for him to do this. I am curious why, because I get stuff like this probably happens all the time. All the time! Sorry. I'm animated. I know, which is weird to me, because first of all, you hate KonMari lady, so (laughs) I would not be, I'm surprised you're not siding with this woman. However, regardless, I'm curious, like, why this woman didn't try to trademark her technique because that's what I'm saying though, or that she would sue. Like I, I think she's probably very within her rights to sue. If this other woman is taking her technique and she can, she can, um, you know, uh, prove that, prove that. Yeah. yeah, sure. That, and that's, I think what I'm getting upset about or animated about is like, you're not mad that she took your technique. You're mad that she's making a gajillion dollars off of the technique that you believe you pioneered. Yeah. If indeed you pioneered this groundbreaking technique, so you it seems you're like mad maybe that you question you well, that she, she that she actually pioneered the technique. No, I don't even actually question that. The point my point is that be honest about what it is you're upset about. You're you're not upset that you, that she's using your technique, right? Cuz you you would have developed your technique for people to use it. You're mad that you didn't Protect it in a way that allowed you to make the money that she's making off of it or that you didn't package it and sell it the way that Marie uh, or that the KonMari method has. Yeah. That Marie Kondo has. That's what I'm saying is like you can get upset about it and be like, oh, man, 
Like that happens to people all the time. We're like, oh, here's an example. At our house, my kid, he mixes up the ketchup and the ranch all the time. At our house, we call it ranch up. When Heinz came out with Cranch, I wasn't like, I mean, I was a little bit, but like jokingly, I was like, oh my gosh, we've been doing that for years. Like, I wasn't like, we invented that. Where's my money? Yeah. That's but, all I'm but saying. Decidedly, in, in this woman's defense, different than making up sauce in totally. your home, is that this is her livelihood so i'm curious why she hasn't like does she reference why she hasn't sued or if Mm -mm. she's gonna sue because i would think you it would be relatively easy if you've been doing this for a number of years that you could show that your technique was actually in existence before um you know she created and trademarked hers i don't even know if you can trademark a folding technique that's my second thing is like can you really trademark organization you can if it's like if if you have a technique for something that no one else does and you make money off that i don't see why you couldn't well then i would say to her then like you should have gotten on that horse because now marie kondo is riding that horse all the way to the bank yeah but i get it there's a lesson in there for everybody i just to me it just seems like this it there's a little bit like i again i am not a marie kondo fan in terms of like i do not I do not subscribe to her method at all. Not at all. I just, I don't, it, people have gone bonkers for it and I'm a little bit like skeptical of it. Yeah. Um. But I just think this is sort of nonsense to be like, because I also think she probably wasn't the first person. She would then also have to prove that she was the first person who actually was doing this. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the other thing I don't know. And again, you know, that's why I would encourage her if she's got a legitimate claim instead of she just wants to bitch and moan. If she's got a legitimate claim, she would need to show that this was something she actually... Now, it sounds like she was openly talking about this. And I think it. I would be curious to see like if she can track... Because it's not like she was just doing this on her own, in her own right. private business, alone, off... It, like like you in your house with your ranch up, right? Mm-hmm. She's actually on on the internet talking about this method. And maybe she can prove that, you know, after a certain date, Mari lady starts using her technique. Yeah, that's true. Let's go to the phones because we've got a couple callers here. Jeannie's on the line. Hi, Jeannie. Hi. What did you want to add to the upright folding method? So I grew up in Japan as a kid. We moved there in the 80s and we learned to do that upright folding method way back then. Um, more because we, you know, the apartments are small and so the dressers are small and we learned as Americans living in Japan to fold our clothes that way to maximize the space. So it's not like this woman uh, who is claiming that Marie Kondo stole her method. Like you were doing the method far before she would have been doing it herself here in the States. Oh, sure. The whole country's doing it. I love that. Thank you so much, Jeannie. And let's go to Judith. Hi, Judith. Final word on this, Judith. What did you want to add to the upright folding method and the thief that is Marie Kondo? I would just say that I'm going back to my 50th college reunion this week, and we were doing that when I was in college, and I'll be 72, so it's nothing new. Yeah, okay, thank you, Judith. That's interesting. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, that And that's sort of like, that's the thing that I was sort of, like grabbing onto was this Linda Cooper Smith just sounds like she's got some sour grapes. Well, yeah, it definitely sounds like sour grapes Yeah, because the Beverly Hills organizer did not get the attention that she wanted and felt that she deserved for her folding method. Again, kind of seemed like a silly thing, but I'll tell you what, 
it's all over the headlines. If you Google Marie Kondo and check all the latest news on Marie Kondo, it all has to do with this uh, this drama. Well, that then Cooper you almost Smith wonder is- why, you know, Con Mari lady is making all this money off something that's been around for, well, you know, 100 years. That's I mean, that actually is something I, that's a. You know what that is? That's a conversation I'd actually be interested in. Why is it that it's her? But, you know, there have been organizers that have had TV shows and have had marked success at different times in in history for different reasons. But I'm always curious about that. What is it specifically about the time we live in and this person that has, you know, made this blow up in the way that it has? I think it's far more probably about her personality that people are drawn to than it is a particular technique. Well, and kind of the simplicity, like she makes it seem very simple and joyful, which don't we all want organization to be joyful? Because it's not. It's messy. Just like I mean, it's kind of organized, but... No, it's not organized till the end. It's messy, and then it gets organized. It's just a pain in the butt. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, uh, you may have heard about um, all the illnesses in the Dominican Republic. Well, there's another one we have to address, and it's yeah. leading us to ask, what the heck is going on in the Dominican Republic? We'll tell you, and we'll try to get to the bottom of it. We probably won't after this on My Talk 107.1. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Hi, I'm Bonnie Curry, one of the narrators on the Abide app, a premium ad-free biblical meditation experience. Join the millions of people who download the Abide app to reduce stress, improve sleep, and experience the peace of God every day. You can text the word PEACE to 22433 for a seven-day free trial of Abide. Just text PEACE to 22433, and you'll likely hear from me again on the app as I guide you through daily meditations or help you fall asleep and experience the peace of God.